Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Chronicles of Nannia, a nanny resource podcast made for nannies by me, a nanny. I am your host, Martha Reddick, and this week we are going to be talking about Halloween costumes and what we can do to create Halloween costumes, the perfect Halloween costume for the kids that we love. My guest this week is is the wonderful costume designer extraordinaire, Heather McDevitt-Barton. Hello, Heather. Hi. Welcome to Chronicles of Nania. It's so wonderful to have you. Oh, thanks. It's really fun to be here. And Heather is actually calling in from New York City, Mm -hmm. where she works and lives. Can you tell us about that, Heather? Yeah, uh, so I get to the wonderful pleasure of making costumes for kids in New York City. Um, I do a lot of that freelance, um, but I also work with a specific theater company here, Atlantic Theater Company, nice. who has a re- yeah. They if have you a live really in New York. Go see Atlantic Theater Company. Go see them. We have a lot of fun things. We have four kids. We have an after school program, which I get to work with every semester. Um, and there's a whole range of classes that kids can take. There's sketch classes. There's character classes. There's improv classes. There's musicals. Um, so there's a number of programs from the kids range anywhere from five to high school. And so there's oh, a lot wow. of different, yeah, a lot of different opportunities for kids to sort of realize like how theater works and how stories are told and also get a chance to work with me in terms of like, I come in as the costume designer and I'm like, hey guys, let's talk about your character in the world of clothing and in costumes. So that's a very fun thing that I get to do. Um, yeah. That's awesome. So you get to help kids discover the power of costumes in storytelling, which yes. is wonderful. Um, and as nannies, you know, we see that all the time of oh, we added a tiara, now she's suddenly a beautiful princess. Yes. Um, and just watching like what they pick to represent things is also really adorable and funny as they grow in their imagination. I always love 
watching that and watching as they get more specific about what they need to be a certain character. Do you find that like as children get older that they start being more specific? Um, actually, you know, I find that a lot of times the, uh, the younger kids that I work with are very specific. They have very, uh, idealized mm -hmm. ideas mm -hmm. about their costumes and what they imagine their character living in. And, um, and it's very interesting to see how they, like, for example, somebody will be like, I need this crown, but it looks like this, and why it looks like that in their mind, and how that portrays their character is very interesting. But um, but also as kids get older, I think that they get um, more reserved sometimes yeah, about their that's ideas. True. Yeah, um, which I really try and encourage them to just be like, give me your biggest fantastical image. And we'll work from there. Right. And yes, I guess I was speaking from a like two to five. So oh, five yeah. being the end point of that, of yes. getting more specific. And you're talking from a five to high school. High school. So yes. yeah, those arcs would be different. Um, wonderful. And then you also, you mentioned that you freelance. So you also work with families to design costumes for kids outside of the theater? Yeah, a lot of times I'm commissioned to work with families just one-on-one. -on -one and, uh, you know, there's a, many families where they don't have, like, a specific costume party that they need to go to. Or their child just wants something very fun for the night of Halloween. And so I'll work with them um, and create a custom-tailored-made costume. Um, and I'll work with them in, like, hair and makeup, too. Um, a little bit more in-depth than I do with the after-school program. So, yeah. Right. That's, that's so great. Wonderful. So as you're working with either uh, these freelance jobs, so a, a child or, or a few children in a family versus uh, in a theater, um, how do you, so let's say they do want something super specific. Um, how do you talk to, talk them through what, is possible <laughs> versus what is just outlandish? Yes. Um, that's a great question. Uh, I think one of the, like, just to sort of backtrack even a little bit more, like when kids come to me with their ideas, one thing that I really like for them to do is to draw it out mm. regardless of their artistic skills. I think that sort of gives them, it starts with a visual reference for them, which I think is very important in terms of like storytelling through costumes. It already gets them like thinking visually and like using that as a medium. But um, I think I do like to start with kids and be like, what is the most fantastical version that you have? Because I think that encourages kids to think really specifically and really on a grand scale, which is really nice to start with. Um, yeah. But after that dialogue has begun, then it sort of becomes what I like to call the Broadway version of uh -huh. their, the, their costume, um, which I think is very important to let them know that that is what it is. It is a very uh, specific and big version. And right. so I, I like to then work with them about like, okay, if we don't have a fly rail system and smoke <laughs> and mirrors and a cable's not going to come down from 
you know, the middle of your bedroom and hoist you up while you do eight flips and then change costumes. What does that look like? Um, (laughs) And so I think there's a lot of, a lot of fun things. There was one time I was working at Atlantic and um, one of these kids, he wanted to be a Pokemon. Mm -hmm. And in the middle of the play, he had to evolve like a Pokemon does. Oh, wow. Um, And I, what we ended up doing was um, he, we had a hoodie that he had on um, Mm -hmm. and we worked with like the back of the hood or, or sorry, the hood on the, the top of it and he like the inside of the hood when it was flipped up on his head was like the younger Pokemon and then when you threw it back it released this long tail that was like a mane oh that's really neat yeah it was really neat because his initial idea was like so if this curtain comes around me and then all this like smoke goes (laughs) up I was just like yes that is such a smart idea (laughs) but this play goes to Broadway that's what we'll do Right. Um, but yeah, I think there's a lot of fun ways to engage with the kids, like when they have those big ideas, but also having in having that conversation with them where you can, you can rein the conversation back, but having them figure it out with you. Because a lot of times, a lot of my ideas come from the kids, like, they'll say something, and I'll be like, Oh, my gosh, that's right. Like, we'll use a hoodie and it'll become a main like and it'll and so right yeah yeah they're it's been really great to like work with them and just like trust their instinct um yeah wonderful along those same lines so something like a pokemon exists in the world and you can look up a picture of that um to help get there although you talked about having the children draw their own pictures because then you can see kind of what they value in that costume. But let's say that a child really wants to be something that only exists in their mind. Uh, because I, I have been there during like playtime before of like, I want to be a bubblegum alien. Yes. Uh, and <laughs> And then I say, okay, great, let's, like, put on a pink dress. And they're like, no, 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 that's not how a bubblegum alien looks. And I'm like, oh, of course not. I'm how <laughs> silly of me. Um, <laughs> how do you work with them besides just having them draw? Because a lot of the kids that nannies work with are two. And so oh, yeah. a drawing, though helpful in maybe color and general mm-hmm. outline is not going to be as helpful to helping them discover their their most desired Halloween costume. Uh, how, how do you help them find what that actually looks like? Um, I think a lot of times what's really helpful is when just talking mm-hmm. with the kids about very basic things and start very general, like... Um, even before I look at the drawings with the kids that they've rendered for their costumes, if we want to call it that, um, right. I sort of ask them what colors they are really attached to. Like even, and a lot of times like it'll be their personal favorite colors. Like what yeah. are you, what color do you really like? Because, you know, if somebody wants to be a bubblegum alien, chances are that her favorite or his favorite color is pink right now. Right. And they really want to, um, so I think um, just sort of like engaging with the kids and figuring out 
you know, do you, do you want to be a cowboy? Do you want to be a princess? Do you want to be an alien? Do you want to be a monster? Like what, what is exciting for you right now? And what colors do that do, do exist with those? And are there any particular things that you might need, like a crown or a purse or a cape? Um, oh, so like somewhat a uh, prop based or uh yeah based i don't know what that yeah like what it would be called it would be it's it's props slash costumes like cost accessories we'll call it accessories that's the word i was looking for yes wonderful yeah that's a great place to start of of what and i guess also like what does this character do uh-huh. Uh, would be helpful too. So, cause that can also give you ideas about what they need. Yeah. I think really sort of helping them discover what this character likes and doesn't like, mm. um, mm-hmm. is a very good basic building block for it. Also, um, yeah, just how is this character similar to them or oh, yeah. different from them? Um, and with older kids, you could even break out a Venn diagram, which I really enjoy. Venn diagrams, so yes, yes. <laughs> with younger kids, probably not. <laughs> but if you're if you're helping outfit an older child for Halloween, which yes. many nannies change over to house managers as the children grow older, but uh-huh. the house manager would still then be in charge of the Halloween costume in a lot of cases. So you might end up helping an older child nice. uh, find their perfect costume. Mm-hmm. Um, wonderful. That was all super helpful. So I would love to run a scenario by you. Great. Of let's say it's the week before Halloween mm-hmm. and a parent comes to you and let's say you're a nanny in this case, because this is the Chronicles of Nanny. <laughs> and a parent comes to you and says, oh, our, I totally forgot to get a Halloween costume. Yes. And they want to be uh, Emmett from the Lego movie or Wild Style from the Lego movie. Uh, can, you, can you do that for me in this week? And here's 20 bucks. Oh, yes. What would your or well let's let's even up it. Here's 40 bucks. Great, double it. <laughs> yeah, we doubled it. What what would your kind of walk me through those steps of where you would start? Um, well, there's a lot of times um especially I mean budget is a great thing to talk about when mm-hmm. we are working with um all of these things. When I do a, when I have a class at Atlantic, I have a very finite budget for 18 kids, which essentially comes down to roughly like $15 a costume usually. Oh, okay. Um, and so, yeah, so there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of shortcuts that I like to take. Um, yes, and- give us those. Yes. So I think there's a lot of like, especially in cities like New York and especially like in Chicago, there's a lot of like secondhand kids stores Mm -hmm. um, that tailor especially to kids. And so like, let's work with Emmett because I think that's a very 
fun image to work with. Um, I think there's goodwills and everything, but a lot of, um, I do a lot of like thrifting in sort of that regard that I like to start from, um, aside from like other stores like Old Navy or the Children's Place and stuff that just has like very specific clothes for kids. Like, um, right. and so, yeah, so I think in terms of like the week before and in terms of being down on a budget, uh, the best thing to do is go with the biggest piece that you know is going to like be sort of iconic of the costume. So for Emmett, like his overalls. And right. so I think an easy way is to go get a pair of white overalls, which is actually something that I've had to do before. I had to do for James and the Giant Peach. Okay. Um, and so I got a pair of white overalls and then I went and got a bottle of dye and mm-hmm. just dyed them down, which was very easy and takes like 30 minutes, um, which is really great. And then, um, I think craft stores are, oh my gosh, the amount of time that I spend in, <laughs> in, in Joann's and Michael's and just trying to piece together so many, like the construction paper that I use, the foam board that I use, it's oh. really, it's really goes a long way to so just pipe cleaners galore. And oh, a lot beautiful. of, yeah. yeah, which makes it really easy in a lot of ways too. Like, um, especially if there's nannies or that don't know how to sew. Right. Uh, yes. I think that is a really great place to start. A hot glue gun is knows no boundaries. <laughs> Yes, um, because I personally am not a a great sewer. Uh, I can do basic mending and buttons, but after that, I'm pretty much lost. Uh, but the hot glue gun really has saved me. It really does. Yeah, it's really great. And I think especially when you're on a on a time crunch and on a budget crunch, there's a lot that can be done with hot glue that is very forgiving, but also very, very smart. Some of the, some of my favorite things that I've ever done have been with hot glue and it's been a lot of fun. But yeah, so I think in terms of the week before and really like searching for time and, and for being thrifty, um, I think sort of knocking at starting with the biggest piece that you can, um, is the best way to go about it. Starting with that centerpiece and working out from there. Um, and yeah, and then, you know, grabbing what you can from around the house, which is always really fun. Um, oh, yes, that's a good. And from their wardrobe that uh-huh. they already have. Yeah, which is another great way to, like, get them involved in it, too, is mm-hmm. just like, okay, what do we have here that's already with that? Yeah, that's great advice. I think starting with the the biggest piece is is really good advice. Even if you're not under a time crunch, I would think, especially for someone that feels maybe nervous about designing a costume that that's not really in their wheelhouse, mm-hmm. um, that that's a really good place to start. Um, instead of just going and getting, you know, a pre-made thing that you slip on. Mm-hmm. Um if you want a costume that is individual to that child, starting with that biggest yeah. piece and then going from there is really great advice. Yeah, and it's really good. And I also want to, like, going to a, and getting a ready-made costume is not something that I'm against. Like, I right. think that it's very much, like, in, in, in ways to get that biggest piece that gives you a really good foundation. Like, that's always something that's really 
really great. And a lot of times, like, um, even when I go to like costume stores, which I do as much as I go to Michael's and all these other craft stores, but, um, a lot of times it's really great to talk with the people that work there, Mm -hmm. um, and just be like, Hey, I have this problem. I have this, uh, very interesting puzzle that I need to solve and sort of hearing other people's advice on that is always really refreshing. I bet. Yeah, that's a really good point. I know sometimes, especially in big cities and when you are a nanny uh, and just busy, you're like, oh, I just have to get in and get out. But taking that time to stop and talk. And if you have the kids with you, letting them talk a little bit to those people would probably be helpful. Yeah. Obviously acting as a referee and translator, but, (laughs) um, but yes, that that's really good advice too, of using the people that are there to do that job. Yes. Yes. Awesome. And yeah, going to get those biggest pieces potentially at a costume store and then adding to them to make that costume feel more individual to the child, I think is probably a really good direction too. Yeah, I agree. Um, wonderful. Uh, as a side question, what is the weirdest costume that you've ever had to build in, in your experience with children or adults? Oh gosh. Um, I would say, (laughs) um, there's been a lot of times when these kids, uh, sort of have to make up their own, like, like I said, they make up their own characters. And a lot of times there's a lot of instances where kids that I work with, um, which is, is very prevalent to Halloween are work. They, they create these like dead characters Uh that are bloody and weird, um, and I would say one of the most interesting characters that I ever had to create was a murdered taxi cab. Oh, interesting. This sweet kid had a lot of a lot of backstory on this taxi cab and how how everything led to this. And so it was a very it was a very specific very specific injuries that this taxi cab had. And so it was like, like his, the hood of his taxi had a head wound. Oh no. And so the, and so the, the headlights had like a bandage, ace bandage wrap on it. And it was, it was very, it was interesting. It was very, but very well thought out and because of very well executed. Nice. So yeah. Well done. Well done. Um, Awesome. So another question that I have is how, let's say you are working for a family that is giving you, they have their costumes decided in July and they want to give you free reign on budget. I mean, let's say maybe $200, not, Mm -hmm. you know, not complete free reign, but they are giving you quite a bit of a budget. How would you go about designing that costume in comparison? But they also, with that, the price that you're paying is that they want um, a very, very well-made costume. Uh-huh. Yeah, great question. Um, 
I think in terms of that regard, uh, one, that would be the dream. Right. Um, and two, I think um, in that case, one of one thing that I would always love to do with any costume, um, whether it be with kids or for the stage or for a film or TV shoot or anything, is to be able to make like a mock-up mm-hmm. of of the costume. So I would, I think, you know, early on, talk with the family, talk with the kid about specifically what they want, um, what we're sort of looking at in terms of like fabrics and like textures. And then from there, go and get some just kind of like really non-exciting fabric, like some muslin or just some canvas cloth, and then like design the costume out of that. Say, for example, we're making like um, uh, aerial skirt. Mm-hmm. And so I would go and like get this sort of like I would go and get this beautiful like green sequined stretchy fabric that is so iridescent and beautiful, but also get this muslin where I could really before start cutting into that like make this mock up of the tail and everything and sort of go from there um, and then fit that to them before and then really work and tailor it with that before I cut into the real fabric. And then, uh, yeah. And then from there sort of have time to scout the perfect accessories that go with, I think that's, um, when you're kind of on the fly, you sort of just like go with the first thing that you see, but to really have work. Yeah. That's like, that'll do. Yeah. We'll spray paint that. (laughs) That's not the right color. Let's do this. Right. Yeah. And so I think really having that time to, try something and then maybe that thing isn't exactly what they want. That hat is not what they want. Like that fishtail isn't exactly how they want it to be. And then having the time to like alter it mm-hmm. is, yeah. So I think it would be really, it's, it would be dreamy. Um, and yeah, just to be able to have those open conversations and having the time and space to do it. And then having the time and space for them to be like, no, this isn't exactly right. Let's go in this direction. Um, it's also important. Yeah, that is, that's super important. Um, and along those same lines of like, let's say you're designing something like Ariel, which is a water costume. And so it's, you know, it's a bikini top basically. And Mm -hmm. on a child, especially like we live in Chicago, um, and it's October and that could And there's weather. <laughs> and there's weather that could potentially be like thirty degrees in October. I think that's happened before. Um how do you is there are there ways to design in like oh, if it's thirty degrees, then we'll add this piece, like this skin colored turtleneck. Um, always a good choice right or if it's you know 70 degrees then your Cruella de Vil fur coat is going to be really hot Mm -hmm. how do how do you navigate that yeah I actually I think it's really fun to sort of work with those sort of elements because I think something that is really nice with costumes and especially costumes for kids is the sort of like nod to like the specificity right. of the character for Ariel, like sort of seeing like 
seeing Ariel is really fun and exciting, but seeing Ariel in 30 degree weather is more exciting because you're like, how did we get to this point? And a skin colored turtleneck is very lovely. And I think especially with like, um, like capes and hoods and robes, um, are all sort of like, especially dealing with like vampires and witches and warlocks, um, Mm -hmm. are always really fun ways to like, keep kids warm. Um, and it's also, I, one thing that I really love in general when I work with costumes, um, is to not hide the costume part of it. Like, I think that there's a lot of joy to be having and like embracing it. So like with Ariel, with this new turtleneck idea being like, yes, we are referencing that it is really cold in Chicago and it is (laughs) Halloween. And this is what we're doing with it. And that is like the payoff for that to me oftentimes is just as rewarding as getting a spot on like Ariel costume. Um, Yeah. And in dealing with the heat, which is always more interesting, um, I think the great thing about the world of fabrics is there's everything from the sheer iridescent into the spectrum to the leather and fur and which and all of the different textures in there, I think you can play with on some level to um, really get the the aesthetic that you want in the temperature that you have. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's a really good point. And, and in general, you know your city's general weather. I mean, Chicago is probably one of the better examples of where you just have no idea. Um, right. Because, like, if you live in Florida, it's going to be hot in October. And you know that going into it. So you can plan accordingly. Um, And then another question that I had is, so let's say that a child wants a costume and a parent is like, nope. (laughs) (laughs) But you are the referee in this case because you're the nanny. And... They're like, no, they can't have that costume, but find out what else they'd be willing to be. I'm making all these parents sound terrible. Parents aren't terrible. (laughs) They're not terrible. Um, But I'm just kind of coming up with, like, worst-case scenarios to ask you. Uh, So, yeah, (laughs) let's say, like, a kid wants to be something crazy nuts and... And you're like, great, let's do it. And the parents like, no, we're not doing that because I have to deal with them on actual Halloween. And yes. and so you have to negotiate that. Do you have any tips for that negotiation? Uh, yeah, I think a lot of um, first, like really good communication with the parents about what direction they want to go in. Um, Cause I've definitely gotten caught in the middle of that conversation with both the parent and the kid there, or in my case, both the teacher and the kid there. Right. And it's been um, very interesting to tread those waters. So I think having like the parental force, like really knowing what, what the direction? deal breakers are too yeah. of like no it, he can't be on roller skates i'm right. not doing it yeah we can put little cardboard wheels on the side of your shoes and this is how we can allude to that but yeah um i think uh yeah sort of engaging in that conversation with the parent and then 
going to the kid and being like, okay, how about, how can we compromise this? Like if you really want to be on roller, on roller skates, like what's a fun way that we can do it where there are wheels not on the bottom of your shoes. And right. I think that sort of like goes back to the, um, like with the hot and cold and like the temperature and everything like that there's, there's always going to be a way to allude to what you want without having to be so specific on it. And yeah. And I think a lot of times, like if, if there's something that a kid wants to do that is impractical, that is unsafe, I think there's a lot of fun, creative ways to really engage with them and have that dialogue of like, okay, so you want to have wheels on your shoes, like actual physical wheels. We can't do that. How do we still make it look like that? Yeah. Where you can walk on your two feet. Um, and so, yeah, I think there's a lot of, and, and sort of like being able to help the kid in the conversation and letting them help you figure it out while you're also figuring it out, I think it's really fun. Yeah, and that's a great teaching opportunity, too. Yeah. Of, of how to problem solve. Um, another question that I had is, what about costumes that are, like, big and off the body? So, like, BB-8 is a possibility of a lot of kids might want to be BB-8. And that is a round <laughs> shape. Round. And children are usually, hopefully, if they're healthy, not round. Uh-huh. Uh, how, do you have suggestions of, like, materials to use to get that shape up and off the body? Yeah. Um, I think, I mean, a lot of ways, a lot of people will go with like cardboard and sort of be like, Oh, this little two dimensional space. Um, but I think something that I have found in the many, many kids that I've worked with, especially in my classes, um, that there's a lot of times that people want to be a pumpkin or there's one time I had a soccer ball and it was just, yeah. Um, and something that I, I really, found that was fun and easy and really kind of on the non-expensive side is to use a pillowcase, um, which is really nice. So you can like, when you take the pillowcase, if you lay it flat and then you can cut the armholes in the side, like roughly like five inches from where the opening is and then cut leg holes like on the opposite, uh, long side and cut the little leg holes down at the bottom. And then at the the top, like right where the, um, just cut a little hole and then run a string along in it. So that cinches like around their neck and then put either some like pillow forms in there or stuffing and sort of like round it out, which is a lot of fun and it's comfy and it can also be warm. So, Oh my gosh, it's solving so many problems. (laughs) So many hurdles for jumping. And then you can just draw on that pillowcase. Yeah. You can draw on that pillowcase. You can, um, you can cut out pieces of felt, um, Mm -hmm. and hot glue them on. Uh, you can, add balloons to them if we wanted to like go back to this idea of a bubblegum alien. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. So there's a lot of fun things that it gives you a greater surface area that is more dynamic, I think, which is a lot of fun. That is, that's such a great idea that I, I honestly, when you first started talking, thought that you meant for the pillowcase to be the other way. And so the head would go through the clothes part. You would cut a hole there Oh, and, yeah. like, just flipping it upside down. 
creates a whole new world of possibilities. (laughs) That's beautiful. Um, Awesome. What about for babies? Uh, Mm -hmm. And if you, because you don't work particularly with babies, so if you don't have an answer to this, it's totally fine. But I just, because I know a lot of parents want, that they have big dreams for their babies and the babies can't talk about what they their dreams are yet. Um, and so then you're dealing with parents on what are actual possibilities. But uh-huh. do you have any ideas? And then there's also like a danger element to a costume for a baby, you know? Uh-huh. Of, like, general safety of if we put an astronaut helmet on them, they might – they won't be able to tell you if they can't breathe. You know, things like that. <laughs> yes. I don't think anyone's going to put an astronaut head on a baby, but that no. was the first thing that popped in my head. Yes. Uh, yeah, I think – I mean, I haven't dealt with, with little kids so much, but I've, I've definitely, um, in my research, like, come across, like, a lot of little – like infant costumes, which are adorable. Right. That's the other thing the is that there's so much possibility because the the baby is so cute. The baby's so cute. And little things in general are just right. cute. So if you're make or big things, like if you make the baby into a taco, then oh my gosh, it's adorable. a big taco but a tiny baby, which is adorable. Um, but I think, I mean, in sort of uh, – Going back to like the not hiding of the costumey elements, I think in terms of safety for a baby, there's a lot to be had. And like, if the baby is swaddled, like really adding to that and using that as part of like the the design. Like, if I keep using babies as food references for some reason, but like if a baby was like a Chipotle burrito, I'm using Mexican food <laughs> references. So clearly, obviously, Heather wants Mexican food right now. I just need some tacos. Um, yeah, but uh, to sort of like utilize that, I think in terms of like safety wise, but also you know, they, if they have a little hat on and it's you know got lettuce and tomatoes, felt right. lettuce and tomatoes on it. And, yeah. yeah, and then uh, when you were talking about a baby being a taco, I had the idea of potentially using like their uh car seat or their their uh carrier as part of the costume so like that could be the shell potentially I like that that is yes you're Um, a regular costume designer yay I would have no idea how to carry that out but that's why I'm talking to you um wonderful that was so informative I feel like I can take on the world of Halloween now and forever wonderful so listeners i want you to go on to facebook and twitter and especially instagram and share the costumes that you create for kids this halloween because i want to see them because i bet that they're going to be adorable and let us know on all of those forums or at uh chronicles of nannia at gmail.com if you used any of these techniques that we talked about and if they worked or they didn't work 
because I would love to know that information. Or if you have any other techniques. I yeah, yeah. If you have any other techniques, I will share them with Heather and then also take them for myself. I, I would love that feedback. So we end each show with a, an anecdote or a quote that a child has said to you, <laughs> and I am so excited Ooh. to hear Heather's. Uh, lay it on me, Heather. Oh yes. So um, in the in the very same class where we had this uh, the murdered taxi cab, um, we were dealing with like the afterlife and the underworld, and that was really really fun. And these kids had these great ideas about extravagant like slain queens and just like aliens that had fallen out of the sky. And this is how, and all these kids were just like really brilliant in their like gruesome costume ideas. Um, and what I do is I, you know, one of my first days in the classroom, I pull the kids aside one and I have these one-on-one conferences with them where I'm just like, so tell me about your character. What's their name? What do they like? Like what's their favorite color? And I'm going through and talking with all these kids about these really, you know, extravagant characters. Mm -hmm. And then finally I get to this one kid and I'm just like super pumped and I've been hearing all these great ideas. And I'm just like, okay, so like, tell me about your character. Like, what's he like? And he was like, I'm a banana. <laughs> and I was like, okay, is he uh, the, just a smushed banana or like... Or a zombie banana, banana? A zombie banana? Does your banana have eight legs? Like what? And he was just like, nope, nope, <laughs> I'm a banana. And I was like, okay. All right. That's so He was a banana. <laughs> In the underworld. He was an underworld banana. I love it. I mean, the underworld's got to eat, too. I mean, yeah. I guess. He was, yeah. They didn't eat him because, you know. He was a character. He was a character. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's wonderful. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Heather. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you. Is there anything that you want to plug? Um, I mean, it's always fun to have people look at my website, which is just my name, heathermcdevittbarton.com. Um, yeah. If you want to find out more about Heather, go to heathermcdevittbarton.com. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so, so much, Heather. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you. It was a lot of fun. And thanks for listening. Bye. The Chronicles of Nannia is produced by Martha Reddick and Logan Nielsen. Artwork and logo by Noni Amadon. Theme music by Brad Kemp. Find him at secondbedroomstudio.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Chronicles of Nannia and on Twitter at Nannia Podcast. To contact us, email chroniclesofnannia at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.